behold, man, I, I'm, I'm looking through the glass and I'm looking at this deer and then I look over, I'm like, holy crap, there's another buck. <laughs> and I just, I, that I just didn't see because of the angle that we were at at first. And it was a much bigger deer. <laughs> than the one you initially stalked in on. Yes, which okay. I would have been totally fine with, you know. Um, but this deer, I'm like, holy goodness gracious, this body was huge, like big, dark, thick antlers. Everything that I dream about when I think of like an Idaho mule deer, like chocolate antler buck, thick, big Roman nose on him, just an awesome deer. Welcome to Hunting Stories, brought to you by Late to the Game Outdoors. Everyone loves a good story, and hunters have some of the best. Our whole mission is to collect and share great stories from hunters just like you to entertain and keep you motivated all year long. So, pull up a seat around the campfire, because here we go. Well, hey everyone, another uh, podcast episode live from the taco. Uh... (laughs) Sitting here with uh, with my buddy Josh Kirchner, the dialed-in hunter, uh, driving back down the mountain from uh, getting some content. How you doing, Josh? I'm I'm great. <laughs> Indeed, you are. Had a lovely morning. Yep, lovely morning shooting bows. Shooting, shooting the bow, yeah, getting getting the footy. Yes. So so just and we just had uh, killer breakfast burritos. Oh yeah, you can't morning shooting the bow in the mountain stop off at a little breakfast burrito joint can't complain no it's just it's a terrific day yeah <laughs> uh and since i had you trapped in your own truck for uh, a little bit of time i uh snuck in my audio device and uh demanded that you tell me a story that's <laughs> no yeah i'm game man <laughs> i did yeah you didn't tell me until i saw it there and then you're like yeah we're gonna do a podcast I'm like all right <laughs> I, I believe I said if you're willing but obviously I put you in a situation where you yeah. feel like a jerk if you said no yeah, so yeah, uh, no. this is what good friends do yeah no I'm, I'm into it <laughs> uh dude well uh based on your fall uh that you've had which is I, I mean I am so happy for you as a friend and a small part of me is very jealous of the fall you've had because <laughs> it's been incredible uh you have so many good stories uh that is hard for me to pick just one. So I'm going to start with one, and then if I get greedy, I'll ask you to tell me another one. Yeah. Uh, so let, let's start with Idaho mule deer uh, that you went on in, like, is that October? Yep. Okay. Awesome. Uh, I don't even, I could say stuff, but it's your hunt. So I'm going to tee it up at Idaho mule deer. Tell me that story. Yeah, yeah. So, like, a uh, little backstory. I've never, this is a rifle hunt. I've never... Uh, before this point had hunted mule deer with a rifle ever. I've always archery hunted them. Uh, just kind of like kind of the nature of the game with where we live in Arizona. You know, Arizona is a little harder to draw a rifle mule deer tag, so we always bow hunt them because it's over the counter. So, um, so that was new for me. Another thing that was new for me with Idaho was I've never hunted migrating deer before. So like I was super interested in that. That's never something that we've ever dealt with, at least where I hunt here in Arizona. Like deer aren't migrating. <laughs> um, so, which makes this hunt really hard, right? So like the opening day was October 10th, which is kind of like, you're in this like transition zone between, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of, they're 
not in the high country, right? They're hard horned, but it's not the rut yet. So bucks can be really hard to find. And a lot of them stay timbered up a lot. You know, they're in this thick stuff and it's really hard to see them. So basically what I did is I was like, well, you know, um, I'm, there's this 10,000 foot peak here and there's a bunch of, there, not a bunch, there's a few like really long ridges coming off of this peak that go from 10,000 foot all the way down to 7,000 feet. And I'm like, okay, I mean, that seems like a, you know, pretty good travel route to get down the lower country, which is what they'll do, you know, when, uh, when winter comes. So that's their migrant, basically like the snow pushes them down. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, they'd drown up there in the snow if they stayed up there. They'd get buried, you know, in, in country like that. So, um, so that was my plan, man. I, I my plan was to I was going to go into this area, gnarly backpack hunt, get away from folks, kind of put myself in the middle of that ten thousand foot mark and seven thousand foot mark, which was the bottom of the country I was hunting, and just see what happens. Um, so, the funny thing about this tag is you. You have to buy it in December. Oh, jeez. Okay, so it's November right now. Uh, so uh, I just got back from this hunt last month. And if I wanted to go on this hunt again, I would be buying the tag again in a couple weeks. The, yeah, the Idaho is it's like the first thing when people start talking about application season. Like, yeah, it seems like it sneaks up on everybody. Well, it's what it is. is it's, So it's an over-the-counter kind of thing with caps. Okay. So like, you know, each unit has a certain amount of tags, certain amount of certain, you know, um, certain kinds of hunts, you know, archery, rifle, blah, 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 you know, so they, they each have limits. I want to take a second and let you know a little secret about so many of the hunts I get to share with you on this podcast. Every hunt of mine and many of the hunts from guests actually began months before we ever stepped into the field on Go Hunt's insider page. This is where I start every single one of my hunts, tracking all my points and my family's points now that I have three other hunters under my roof. And I can start to sort out what tags I can draw, which ones I want to keep building points for. And it's ultimately how I plan my year in the field. If you haven't checked out the Go Hunt Insider membership yet, this is absolutely the perfect time. And if you happen to be listening to this podcast right when it comes out, Go Hunt is offering an absurdly great promotion. Normally, my code will get you 50 bucks in credit to Go Hunt's Gear Shop, but for Black Friday, if you sign up between November 25th and 27th of 2022 and use my code late at checkout, you'll get $100 credit in the Gear Shop. You'll get all the planning features I use to figure out your hunts, as well as incredible desktop and mobile apps for all 50 states, and you'll earn points for every piece of gear you buy in the Gear Shop, which just lets you keep buying gear, which, let's face it, is basically what all of us want to do anyway. You can click the link in the show notes or head over to GoHunt.com and use my code LATE at checkout to get that Black Friday promo on your GoHunt Insider membership. So because I've got, I had the tag since last December, I've been looking at maps, just scouring them for the better part of a year, really. It's <laughs> so, a lot of time to e-scout. Yeah, so I, I just kept, and I looked at a lot of other different areas on the map, and I just kept coming back to this one area that was off the beaten path. It, it had what I wanted. It looked like there was water, good vantage points for glassing, enough open country where like you could have a good view and, and possibly catch something coming out from bedding. So 
that's what I decided on. Um, so I got to the trailhead at like one in the morning. Cam my camera guy was like sitting there waiting for me at the trailhead. <laughs> this kid I never, really nice kid. I never met him before. This was our first time meeting, 1 a.m. in the middle of Idaho <laughs> wilderness, right? And uh, he jumps out of his camper and comes running out and grabs the camera just so he can get the footage of my truck driving up to the trailhead. <laughs> yes. That's a good camera. Yeah, man. so I'm like, this is going to be fine. <laughs> you know, so um, anyways, yeah, we, we slept a little bit, got up the next morning and uh, hiked in. I thought you know, country always looks so small when you're looking at maps and stuff. Oh, it does. And everything. Even on 3D. You're like, oh, I could climb that. Oh, yeah. and But, man, when you get there, it's like, this is way bigger than I thought, you know. So, I thought we were looking at, like, a three, four-hour hike to get to camp. Uh, it ended up taking us six hours uh, to, to get in there. A total of almost seven miles, I'm, I'm thinking, uh, if I remember correctly. Um to get into camp we had a beautiful camp spot in the shade and uh jumped a, uh, bumped a small buck on the way in that's um, promising yeah it was it was cool it was like oh cool you know that's awesome there's deer here once we got up what was really interesting is once we got up to a certain elevation we started seeing an immense amount of deer tracks okay okay so i was like okay okay you know like thinking like i've never done this before this migrating deer thing and I'm like, okay, we're, I mean, like we're in this zone, you know, like we're, we're, we're getting up towards camp and we're seeing a bunch of deer signs. So we're, 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 you know, I have like super high spirits. So we get camp set. <clears throat> we, we packed in, we had enough uh, gear and food for six days. We, we get it all set up, go out for a morning, a morning blasting session, you know, and uh, just come up empty, just blanked, didn't, didn't see a single deer. Um, now, of course I had a lot of glassing spots like picked out on the map before I got there, but I didn't really get to visit any of those the first evening we were there because, you know, we were toasted from hiking in. Yeah. So we glassed a lot right from camp. So the morning I was like, okay, we're going to go hit one of these vantage points that I've been staring at for 10 months. <laughs> Finally get to use that pin. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we get up early, get up in there in the dark, and uh, it gray light comes, and I look over in this basin ahead of us, and right off the bat, I saw a deer. And I was, I was like, okay, so I got the spotting scope on him, and uh, saw it was a buck, and um, saw it was a buck I'd want to shoot. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... I'm looking at sorry. You're fine. That's what editing's for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm looking I'm looking at this deer and, and I'm talking to the camera guy. I'm like, okay, there he's just feeding, he's not going anywhere. Let's let's make our way over. We got this nice long ridge that we can work on the way to the deer. We can stay on the back side of it so the deer can't see us. Got a good wind. So we work our way all the way. The deer's at eight hundred yards at this point. Okay. We work our way all the way over. And we get into uh, three, uh, 382 yards. That's what it ended up being there. Um, and lo and behold, man, I, I, I'm looking through the glass and I'm looking at this deer. And then I look over. I'm like, holy crap, there's another buck. And I just, I, that I just didn't see because of the angle that we were at at first. And it was a much bigger deer. 
<laughs> than the one you initially stocked in on. Yes, which okay. I would have been totally fine with, you know. Um, but this deer, I'm like, holy goodness gracious, his body was huge, like big, dark, thick antlers. Everything that I dream about when I think of like an Idaho mule deer, like chocolate antler buck, thick, big Roman nose on him, just an awesome deer. And uh, so I got set up, got laid down prone and uh squeezed off on him and he just fell down like that it's <laughs> so simple yeah yeah he just fell down and uh what we didn't know was, was there was another big buck right beneath him that ran out of the out of the timber so a third buck yeah okay. there was a third buck there that was pretty much the same size as the one i shot so there was some there was some nice bucks in there um we just kind of got lucky on like the location just kind of hit the nail on the head with where they were going to be um so we we get over there and we're like we walk up on this deer and i was like oh my goodness he's so much bigger than i thought he was gonna be (laughs) i'm I'm not a trophy hunter like at all you know what i mean like but big antlers are cool you know um you're never sad when you shoot a big buck no yeah we got over there and Good night, man. I, I just could not stop staring at him. Both both of us were like, look at this, look at that, you know, just like just an awesome, awesome buck. Couldn't be happier with him. And so at that point, it was literally, I mean, that was our first full day. That was supposed to be our first full day in there. <laughs> yeah. We only spent one night and um, I regretfully, I don't have a lot of regrets in my life. Okay. But I, uh, it was unseasonably warm in Idaho this year. Okay. I've, I've hunted Idaho a few other times, you know, during this time. And it's always like, okay, it's, you know, it's pretty cold in October, not super cold, but cold. And so I bought a, I brought my floorless shelter with me thinking that all the, you know, creepy crawlies were going to be asleep, you know? And, uh, man, dude, that first night, I could not sleep a lick. Like, I had spiders crawling across my face oh. and just, like, I don't know how many of those things I killed. So, what, what I'm getting at is, like, me and the camera guy were like, man, there's a camper back at the trailhead right now. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. So, so we're like, screw it. We, we you know, we, we, we got the deer taken care of and got back to camp and we just we packed up camp and and made the made the trek out of there and it was brutal um we did so i did half the deer in the head with rifle in camp um with pretty much all my food mind you because we were only there for a day yeah um and then the camera guy did the other half of the deer with all his gear and so we left at 5 p.m from camp and um didn't get back to the trailhead until 11 p.m it was a it was a grinder man that's a long time to have that much weight on your back oh man yeah it was a lot um it was like i mean it got to the point where it was like uh you know we're gonna go 30 yards maybe and then we're stopping yeah you know it's just like just the burn is the burn in your legs is so bad yeah yeah so but got back to the truck and and had a great night's sleep i had this like donut sitting in my cooler that I was like just dreaming about the whole way back <laughs> you know? so, like, so I crushed that in a, in, a, in a Gatorade when I got back to the truck and, and then we 
jumped in the camper and had like I feel like I disappeared from this earth for six hours. <laughs> yeah. um, and got a good night's sleep, and then and then I drove home. That, so it was, I mean, it was short, but real, real sweet. You know, there's a real sweet hunt. Idaho's a beautiful place. Um, I'd love to do that hunt again in the future. Um, but yeah, yeah, that that was Idaho, man. Yeah, just just an awesome, awesome trip. That's man, well. I, I mean, you make it look so easy. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the film, by the way, uh, just came out. It, it's amazing. Like, oh, it's, thanks, man. Uh, you've made a lot of good films over the years. Uh, that one was that one was stupendous. Is, is the word you. I would use. Thanks. Uh, that that's the camera guy. He's a guy. Yeah. Uh, he did get some killer footage. Uh, you also put together a great story. You edited it well. All yeah. that stuff. But yeah, it's it, he got some really good footage uh, yeah. and the the moment of truth. Yeah, yep. Nailed that perfectly. Yeah. Um, man, yeah. I'll I'll put a link in the show notes uh, for everyone to go watch that film because uh, you should. Which I don't want to mess it up. What was the title of that film? So uh, the film's called Presence. That's right. Mule deer in the Idaho backcountry. That is, uh, yes, I, it, I was gonna get it crossed with a different film name of yours yeah. and screw it all up. So yeah, yeah, yeah. just let you tell the people, uh, but I'll link that. Um, okay, that's, I know, because the, these are such great, so we'll tell, just to, for the uh, the fun one-two punch, even though we're doing these out of order, Yeah, I'm gonna ask you to tell your Utah archery deer story. Uh, and this is, uh, I would have to look up, I'll put it in the show notes, but there's an episode where you and I went on this hunt together last year. Yep. Uh, we were talking about doing it. I was game to go back and do it because I needed some redemption. I didn't have the my finest moments back there. Um, but uh, I drew that antelope tag, which yep. just had the same date. So so you went off solo to go do this hunt. And it, it's absurd how similar and awesome these stories are. So <laughs> <tell> this <laughs> are you a new hunter or even a guy with some miles under his boots who's still just trying to figure it out? I get it. I've been there. I'm an adult onset hunter who spent the last 15 years learning how to hunt. And so I wrote the book, How to Hunt, A Total Beginner's Guide to Hunting Big Game, as the resource I wish existed all those years ago when I first started. Whether you're planning to chase elk with your bow in the west, or you're hunting whitetails back east, this book will take you from knowing absolutely nothing to your first harvest. It's packed with hunting stories and plenty of those times where I royally screwed up so you can learn from my mistakes and feel better that you're not the only one. You'll leave with a sound strategy for hunting big game and have plenty of laughs along the way. Grab a copy today at latetothegameoutdoors.com slash howtohuntbook. Uh, let me actually, can you, can you reach my water? Oh, sure thing. Get a drink. This, this better be part of the podcast. This will, yeah. I, I won't edit this out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People can hear the ice uh, yeah. clinking around. Drinking, just drinking and driving. <laughs> I feel like I need a legal disclaimer now. He's drinking water and driving. Yes. Uh, I don't need police showing over your door. I know. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Okay, cool. <laughs> okay, yeah, so uh, Utah high country mule deer. Um, one of my favorite hunts of the year. Um, I am just a freak bow hunter. I love bow hunting. It's big backcountry, and uh, the the scenery in the high country, if you haven't experienced it, is just absolutely breathtaking. Um, looks like a golf course up there. You know? Oh yes. So 
Um, so yeah, yeah, Eric uh, drew a went went and had to draw an antelope tag, and uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, couldn't come with me. So I was, but there was no way I was gonna miss this hunt because I love it so much. So I went solo to Utah, made the drive, got to the trailhead uh, right before dark. Um, That's made, the move. <laughs> yep, yep. Got to the trailhead right before dark. Slept in the truck like crap. Um, and uh, got up in the morning and shot the bow and, and started heading in. So this would be my third time heading into this particular uh, piece of country. Um, it's where it's the first place I ever did a high country mule deer hunt. And so it's pretty much the catalyst for me of hunting mule, velvet mule deer above tree line. So um, took probably uh, it's a gnarly hike, man. It's like six miles. The last mile is 2,000 birds. <laughs> that last mile yeah. kicked my butt yeah, a couple no. years ago. Yeah, last year Eric was, uh, I don't know if you talked about this on his podcast, but last year Eric was, Eric had to stop, man. He got he was cramping up and stuff like that. It's a doozy of a, of a, of a grind to get in there. So um, I got in there and had a thunderstorm crawling up my rear end the last part of the hike, but it never and it, 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 it thankfully <laughs> sounds never, incredibly painful. <laughs> yes, no. It, thankfully, it never popped on me, and I was able to get camp set and, and do some hunting. So, um, did a little bit of glassing from camp that night. Saw some does, and then I did find a, a buck, um, literally glassing from my tent. And I just was, like peeking out the door. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much, man. I, I was glassing for my tent, and I found this buck. But he was like, he was real far away at that time. Um, but I told myself, I'm like, man, if that if that buck was in bow range, I'd shoot that deer. You know. So I was like, okay, let me let me keep my keep keep an eye on that deer. You know, keep him in mind. Um, so first morning comes, and my plan is to leave camp in the dark and top over this ridge and get set up to glass this big giant basin that's normally got some deer hanging out in it uh, based off previous uh, based on previous experiences I've had there so I sit down and it doesn't take too long and I pick up some deer um, probably three four does and there was two small bucks in there a couple of two points and then I pick up another buck down beneath me um who is also a two point and then another two point came walking right at me then dang near walked into bow range of me <laughs> um which was awesome it was great seeing all those deer but like i wasn't seeing any like bucks i really wanted to like make a big play on or anything like that you know so it was interesting it, it gave me the impression that they had like a bad winter or something like that because normally uh in there there's usually like several like bachelor groups of bigger bucks in there. Oh, dude, the the biggest mule deer I've ever seen on the hoof was in that basin last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, it, it wasn't like that this year, man. It was interesting. So I uh, decided, okay, it's like nine ish, right around there, and I'm gonna I'm gonna pick up and and, and push to the next basin, uh, which put me even farther from camp, just like it sounds. Um, and, uh, so I get in there and man, I sit down for probably, I don't know, 10 minutes and I pick up a buck bedded on a knife ridge kind of right across from me. It was 750 yards from me from as the crow flies and he's bedded in a good spot. He's kind of in a dugout underneath a tree 
in the shade and I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch that deer. Like you're starting to get to the time of day at that, at that point where like he might get up and switch beds yeah. depending on like what the shade does, where he is as the sun moves. So I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to watch him for a little bit and see what he does. Well, the shade wasn't really changing. The deer really found just like the perfect spot. He was just covered up in shade. Um, so I was like, you know what? I'm going to make, he's not that far away. I'm going to, I'm going to get over there. You know, got a good wind. I'm going to make this loop around and, and he's bedded right off the top of a knife ridge. So all I got to do is walk the ridge of this knife ridge and look beneath me. Once I get to a certain point, he should be right there. Right. So let's, you know, so went after it, got over there and, uh, dropped my pack at about a hundred yards and um, just kind of snuck my way along the ridge and then it's so interesting when you go on these stocks because like things don't like you 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 can think that you have everything like planned out and, and you know all your landmarks and everything like that but things just look different oh, yeah. when, when you get over there right because you're at a different angle and stuff and, and you're just closer so so I'm walking along and, I, and I'm coming up to the point where I think feel like he's gonna be right beneath me like at any point i'm just picturing a deer busting out because he sees me because i don't see him yet yeah and i thought from where i was looking at like across the basin i'm like okay this is gonna be about a 60 yard shot right that's what i'm thinking like where he's bedded to where the point was where i was thinking about shooting from I got over there and I'm looking around and I finally, I pick up the deer. I'm glassing with my rangefinder, Okay. And I pick up the deer through this hole in the tree and he's at 35 yards. Oh man. Right on top of him. Bedded right beneath me, has no idea I'm there. He's facing away. Oh, perfect. Good wind. Um, the, the tricky part was it's like 35 yards. It's like, yeah, that's, you know, awesome. That's a chip shot, right? Like, so the, the, the hard part was, is I had a big boulder on the bottom of my shooting lane and a branch coming across the top of it. Oh, jeez. So I basically, I had to make a perfect shot or else it was going to go like real bad. Yeah, it's gonna ricochet one way or the other. Yes, yes. Arrow is gonna bounce off of the rock, or my arrow is gonna deflect off of this branch and and either totally miss the deer, or it's gonna it's gonna you know wound him, you know. So I come to full draw, and it's a little windy on this ridge, you know. So I'm at full draw, and I'm just not steady. Like I, I, my, my pins are dancing all over the place on this deer. He still has no idea that I'm there. So I'm like, you know what? He doesn't know I'm here. I'm letting down. So I let down, composed myself a little bit, gave my shoulder a break, came to full draw again, felt great. Did the whole, went through all my whole shot sequence, just like you should. And just pulled through the shot and the, and the arrow went exactly where I was aiming and just got a full pastor on him and I saw that deer running down from his bed and I could see the blood on him and it was absolutely perfect like where that where that blood spot was and I'm like oh my goodness how 
I'm like, for, and that was my first stock. <laughs> first stock of the hunt. Yeah, first stock <laughs> of the hunt, you know, and and uh, it was, yeah, I don't know, man, it was it was pretty crazy. So I went back, went back and got my stuff and went over to where I shot and the arrow was in the ground, just completely painted red, uh, sticking up. Because that's where, you know, it went right through him as he was bedded. Yeah, so you shot him in his bed. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Yep. And uh, so, uh, yeah, I followed I followed blood uh, down down the hill there. Uh, hill. Excuse me. Did I say hill? <laughs> you, you I misspoke. meant to say mountain. <laughs> Steep, gnarly mountain. Um, yeah. He, like, gravity pretty much took over here because that deer was dead walking or dead running, but... I mean, it's just so steep where he was. So he went, he went down almost to the bottom, oh, which gosh. put him 1,200 feet below the trail that I needed to get to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, and I'm by myself. So, of course. So yeah, I got down there, got some pictures of him and stuff. Just awesome, you know. I I remember the 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 image I saw. Like I found this one spot of blood that was like really like a lot you know like thick looked like he coughed or something and then i look up and i saw his velvet antler sticking above the brush line you know and i'm like oh man here we go you know <laughs> like i did it you, you know i did it you know finally third time's a charm that was my third time in there and the first buck i took out of that area oh wow and um so i got him taken care of and boned them all out hiked them back up up to the trail it took Probably, I think it took me three hours to get back to camp. Okay. Um, so I was a mile and a half from camp, 1.7 miles, I think, from camp at that point. So hiked him up, got back to camp right before dark, had a nice dinner, um, filtered some water, slept great, got up the next morning and just packed everything up and did the whole boned out meal deer in camp six miles back down to the truck you know and uh, i still have my uh my boots were okay they kind of shrunk on me on that trip i was telling you about this earlier they shrunk on me a little bit I, my uh, toes are still bruised from from packing that deer out <laughs> <laughs> well it is six miles of all downhill yeah and that first mile is the super steep climb you have to make is oh, yeah. the super steep drop you have to make yeah yeah so yeah that was that man got back to the truck and like just all smiles you know like couldn't believe it um that it actually all came together like that on the first stock perfect shot just on my own and drove to the nearest burger joint right outside of the mountains there and just had a nice nice recovery meal oh yeah i, I remember that burger uh oh, yeah. from last year and we we didn't even come out heavy no i was still a just an amazing that made it taste even better it, yeah it was so good yeah it's a fine consolation prize when you come out of there with nothing yeah all right i think most hunters can relate to this that i'm an absolute information junkie and i've lost more hours than i care to admit diving down a research rabbit hole and because of that i love a good online course that's going to take me on a deep dive into whatever topic has captured my attention usually it has to do with hunting so when I learned about outdoor class, I knew it was going to be something I was way into. I just didn't realize it was going to be as next level awesome as it is. Outdoor class is the e-learning platform for the outdoorsman. It has a top-notch lineup of the most reputable voices in the industry sharing their vast knowledge on all things hunting on one amazing platform. 
Ever want to learn how to elk call? Outdoor Class has you covered. Freezer full of deer meat? Outdoor Class will show you how to turn that into a meal to remember. When I first signed up, I started diving into Remy Warren's course on finding mule deer. Absolutely next level. And they have the web-based course and a mobile app to boot, so you can up your hunting game no matter where you're at. The platform is already packed with tons of amazing content, and I've been talking to the guys behind this, and there is so much more in the works from big names in the industry that I'm super pumped about. So head over and check out Outdoor Class today, and if you use the code LATE at checkout, you'll save 20% on your registration. Uh, Dude, well, then uh, the obvious question for everyone listening uh, is how, what is the secret to success, uh, that can make all of us able to walk into any place and shoot a deer within 24 hours? So, <laughs> so I don't know about 24 hours, but, <laughs> or um, somewhere close. There to were, that. so there were a few, I, I kind of had a rough year last year, man. And, but I'm glad I went through it because like, I had a lot of great lessons that I learned. Um, and it, it was all stuff that I took with me right into this year okay um and one of them you know on our hunt last year when we went there um i missed a deer wide right with with my bow you know last evening of the hunt great big buck and just missed him wide right and and the reason was is i completely fell out of my shot process i didn't level my bubble um i was also shooting kind of a like an arrow system that i wasn't super confident in um and it just didn't you know it like the feeling of being at full draw wondering if your arrow is going to go right where it's supposed to go is not a good feeling to have yeah that Uh, just induces panic yeah so um i hit the ground running when i got back from that i got mad um i switched arrows i went back to what i know switched i even switched broadheads i i switched bows like i did a lot of work i went i i went back to uh an index style release that was something else i did really dove into like the proper way to shoot that thing and and shoot it consistently i've done did a lot of work on shooting basically in the past year since i the last time I, i was in utah um and the other thing uh is especially with bow hunting like you so there's a couple things here you only get so many opportunities as a bow hunter very true so every opportunity that you get you need to be able to like fully make the most out of that capitalize on it right um so all of the practice that i did basically made it automatic it made the process automatic of shooting a perfect arrow because I had done it so much in, in the, over the course of the year. And I knew I had ultimate, ultimate, ultimate confidence that my broadhead was gonna hit the exact tuft of hair that I was looking at. Because I did it so many times in practice, like proofing my tune. That was another thing, like Eric and I just filmed this video earlier about like, not to get long winded, but. I basically wanted to film a video on like why you don't have to go crazy with tuning and just need to get back to basics and just really shoot on shooting and work on shooting fundamentals. Right. And, and that couldn't have been more clear to me throughout 2022. Uh, um, 
and the results they speak for themselves you know and it transferred right over to rifle to, to the rifle hunt because it was all the same thing it was just going through okay if you don't feel right okay hold on don't pull the trigger yet yeah. okay make it right especially if the animal doesn't know you're there so like so being present in the moment is really important and making the most out of it because you like it only takes one deer like you don't have to find 50 bucks <laughs> yeah, yeah, in your case you can find one you only <laughs> have you have one tag in your pocket right yeah so it's like okay there's a deer right there that's all you need right so if you can if you can make the most out of that right there you're probably gonna kill that deer you know and then uh another thing was just instinct just your gut trusting your gut there's so many times in the past where i've gone on stocks or haven't gone on stocks because i was second guessing myself oh yeah sit there and overthink it yeah the glassing point yeah Yeah. it's like you got a deer tag there's a deer over there i don't need to say anything else just like why are you still here yeah we, we literally just i just came back from an elk hunt about a week ago and a buddy of mine another short story here a buddy of mine, best friend, like one of my best friends I've known for like 20 plus years. He, he go, we go on an elk hunt. I spot this bull first thing in the morning and uh, he's feeding. He's not moving around a whole lot. You know what I mean? He's not traveling country. And my buddy wanted to sit there and watch where he bed. And I'm like, he's right there. I'm like, just go, just, if you can make a loop around and get to this point right here, you're going to get a shot opportunity at that, at that elk. You know, and, and, you know, after thinking about it for a bit, he's like, okay, I'm going to go. He went over there and shot that bull right through the heart. <laughs> okay. But if he, but if he would have listened to his, like him second guessing himself, he would have never killed him. Yeah. It would have, I, I've been with you in the area he was hunting. Like yeah. he would have bedded down in just this gnarly, thick nastiness. You would, you would lose him. You'd have to like wait all day and wait for him to come back out at night. Yep. Yep. So like, it's, you know, you like go for it man like I, 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 uh, something I say across a lot of different branches of hunting is like being cal- like having a calculated aggression it's a real with, good phrase with things like being cal- like taking note of the wind taking note of your stalking routes you know being cognizant of all of that but man dude if he's there go stop sitting there waiting because he's not getting, you know what I mean? Like, like you, sometimes you need to make things happen, you know, and things are not just going to come walking over to you. <laughs> so that's, yeah, that's, that, that's what I got, man. I think those are, those are kind of the key things that like confidence in your gear, confidence in yourself, your shooting ability, and, and don't be afraid to just go for it, man. Yeah. I, I think that is just, I mean, it's incredible advice all the way around. I love your uh, that calculated uh, calculated aggression. Is yep. that how you put it? Yep. Like yep. it's that you're you're not saying like oh just go barreling after like oh there's a deer no. let me run after it. Like you're still hunting smart. You're still thinking of all the stuff you're supposed to think of, but we can get ourselves like wrapped up in knots, like waiting for the perfect. Oh well, here's the textbook yeah. way this is supposed to play out. Uh, and if you wait, you sit around waiting for uh, you're only going to go after the 100 percent perfect opportunity. You're going to eat a lot of tags. Oh, yeah. You're going to miss a lot. I, I look at it and I'm like, okay, if I was standing on that rock right there, I'd be able to shoot this deer. How can I get to that rock as fast as possible, not seen or smelled, 
Yeah. Okay. And be able to and be able to be standing there and have that shot opportunity. Dude. And, and then you just you know you, you just go for it, man. Buddy, uh, that's amazing stories. Two and a half stories that I, I squeezed <laughs> out of you here uh, on the drive. But uh, buddy, I'm just uh, I made a joke about being jealous. I'm really just nothing but pumped for you. <laughs> uh, I, I remember. We had a lot of conversations last fall. We did a lot of hunting together last fall. Yeah, we did. Uh, there were a lot of a lot of moments of just frustration and sure. you know stuff that just wasn't wasn't always clicking the way it should. Uh, so I'm pumped that you've had the year you've had so far, and uh, and we'll be hunting coos deer together in just over a month. Oh, it's coming! Uh, I can't wait, man. <laughs> I'm so pumped, uh, dude. But uh, where to? I know you've been on before and everything, but just to wrap it up, where where can people find you? What do you want them to to know about or? You know, this is your chance to. I know you're a super humble guy, but uh, yeah. promote yourself. Yeah, man. Uh, so I'm on all the social platforms: Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I'm most of, mostly active on Instagram, though. Uh, YouTube as well. Dialed in hunter. All of it's dialed in hunter. Just search dialed in hunter on all that, and you'll find me. Um, I have a book. I wrote a book. Um, uh, it's on Amazon. It's called Becoming a Backpack Hunter. Um, so it's basically a beginner's guide to hunting the backcountry. Super proud of it. And uh, yeah, I write a lot of freelance articles for a lot of different companies like Exo Mountain Gear and and uh, Wilderness Athlete, you know. So yeah, I, I try to get around. <laughs> oh, and you you do a good job of it. Uh, yeah, if you're if you're into Western hunting and you pay attention to content, you have you've almost certainly read something Josh has written, even if you didn't realize it was him. <laughs> Uh, all right, dude. Well, uh, thanks for letting me uh, sneak this in on you uh, today and uh, just for sharing some stories. And uh, can't wait to go uh, make some more stories with you. Yeah, uh, make, just a little bit. Making stories. <laughs> that's, that's, what we, that's what we'll start calling it. Yeah, yeah. When a hunt doesn't go well, at least we made some stories. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, everybody else, uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks so much for tuning in to Hunting Stories. And if you want to stay up on what we're doing with the podcast or anything else going on with Late to the Game, go ahead and check us out at latetothegameoutdoors.com or give us a follow on Instagram at latetothegameoutdoors. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you guys next time.